Disclaimer, the hosts of this podcast, Timothy Patrick and Will Foley, are by no means medical professionals. However, having lived experience with mental illness themselves, they have gained useful perspectives on common mental health issues that some of us struggle to overcome on a daily basis. By sharing their stories, they hope to create connection. By creating connection, they hope to help you find your purpose. And through purpose, we can all begin to build the foundation for positive mental health. This is Above Ground Podcast. Are you ready to lace up your boots, throw up your horns, and jump into the pit? Then let's stomp the stigmas of mental illness. It's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now, Will Foley and Timothy Patrick. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 105 of Above Ground Podcast. Above Ground Podcast, because you can't serve below. Just wanted to say thank you to Ralph Renna and Reverbicon 2021, everybody at the Broken Road Barbecue up there in Scattercoke. Uh, great, great place to be. They got an awesome outside. Uh, it was great to connect with friends and connect with new people, handing out resources uh, from all over the capital region and mental health organizations from all over the place. And one of the resources we had today is actually our interview today with Tatiana Jerji, who is the president and founder of Noteworthy Resources of Albany, New York. And she'll be coming up in a minute. But again, like I said, thanks to Ralph and everybody. I uh, had a wonderful time connecting with people I hadn't had a chance to connect uh, connect to or seen. I had some people I hadn't seen in many, many years I got to see again which was awesome, and it's always good to see people that you've known for many years and make new friends too, man. Some kick-ass music. That Midnight Revival band kicks some ass, and so does Peter. Uh, Peter Anello is super talented dude, man. Um, super talented dude. I can't I can't say enough about his guitar playing, but it was great to be there and thank them again. And uh, Jim from Nippertown, uh, we're, we're going to be doing some stuff. Above Ground Podcast is going to be teaming up and do some more stuff with Nippertown too as well. So thank you very much for that. Uh, nothing really big to announce here. Uh, we're just closing in on two years, man. Next week's episode, I believe, will be at our official two-year mark um and it's been awesome and there's this is a freight train that's gonna keep rolling through stations because i've got stuff already planned all the way through the end of this year into next year i've been interviewing some amazing people uh both in the 518 and beyond uh some people beyond the 518 have bet are from the 518 which is is always cool to reconnect with people and they find out, oh, you're from my hometown or you're from my my spouse's hometown or whatever. So it's cool to find that out. Uh, I do have a couple things coming up. June 25th, I have a brand new single dropping uh, on all the digital platforms. Uh, you can go back to episode, I forget what number it is at this point, 61, 62, which was the memoir episode, uh, which was the two episodes that Tim and I did back to back. Um, where we asked each other about our own experiences. And I played the song, but uh, the studio version is coming out on June 25th to all digital platforms. And uh, I look forward for everybody to hear the song, man. Uh, I had an amazing experience working on it. So big shout out to Kevin Maloney and Jay Bordeaux. Uh, also, I will be at the Bulls Head Inn in Cobleskill uh, Saturday, June 12th from 6 to 9. Uh, you got to call 518 518- Two three four eighteen zero two to make a reservation because I think their tables are still reservation only, but they are taking them 
in the in the restaurant on both floors, uh, in the tavern and on the first floor restaurant and on the patio. And uh, Saturday, June 19th, I'm at the Arsenal City Tavern in Waterfleet, New York. Come on down and say hi. This is a makeup date for May. And that's it, man. That's it for me in June. Don't forget to continue to support the show. Throw us a review. Leave us a like. Smash the notifications button in YouTube so every time, every week, an episode comes out, you get to hear these amazing interviews uh, with people like Tatiana. Also, don't forget to support our friends at Close Knit Company, closeknitco.com. Dan and Natalie, they have on their collab X part of the page is our Be Well, Be Safe be above t-shirt and our hoodie uh even though it's summertime and t-shirt weather you could always have a hoodie to have by the boat or have in the boat or have by the fire so check it out closeknitco.com so without any further ado man let's rock and roll with tatiana jerji what is up everyone welcome to Above ground podcast. I almost got tripped up, Timmy. I almost got tripped up, man. Wow. I know. You all right? Yeah. No, I'm good, man. I'm good. Above ground podcast. Because Above you ground podcast. Serve, serve below. below. That's right. Wow. I'll just give you a little give you a little nudge there, buddy. Thank you, man. Thank you. I think it's the time. I think it's the time. I'm more awake now. So oh. my brain is moving faster so, than it normally oh, does at, gonna, at oh, nine o'clock on a Sunday yes. morning. <laughs> So nine o'clock is better than with Will. Uh, well, if you want me to be, you know, yes, you want me to be coherent. mellow, coherent, maybe. Yeah. I don't know about that either. I don't know how coherent I really so am. We're on Zoom today. Will, yeah. what does that? What does that mean? Zoom means that we have another interview. That's right. Insides. We're viewing the insides. And uh, actually, today's guest is. I'm, I'm super stoked to have her on. Um, I met her uh, in 2019, I think it was, for NECAP. Um, she used to be part of the Northeastern Community Action Partnership. Uh, she currently, and even then, is the president and runs her own not-for-profit called Noteworthy Resources of Albany, New York. And I am so stoked to have as our guest today, Tatiana. Tatiana Jerji. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, you got it. All right. I'm getting Welcome. better with the last names. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, you know, I, we want your our listeners, because in the last few weeks since we've talked about our interview with you, um, we've had a really cool thing happen where we actually have a really cool platform in the 518 that is actually distributing the podcast now every week, uh, nippertown.com. And you're involved in the 518. You've been involved in the 518 uh, not-for-profit scene for many years now and uh, mental health especially. And you have a really cool platform here to push all your stuff now, which is awesome, which I'm very stoked that we waited this long and we got this. So, <laughs> so Tatiana, please tell everyone what you do, who you are, and why you do it. So I started Noteworthy Resources of Albany because being first generation Albanian American, I have noticed that throughout my life living here with my 
immigrant parents, I mean, now they're citizens, but, you know, it took them a long time to get their citizenship. Um, we kind of lacked resources. And I'm not saying that, you know, we struggled a lot. I mean, my parents always, when there's a will, there's a way and they made it work. But they would have been more successful in the restaurant industry that they, you know, they were involved in and other businesses um, if they knew what was more available into the community and who they can ask for help or collaborating with other people to then support them and each other. And I never saw that. So I one day I'm driving and I got this like light bolt, like a lightning bolt idea of I want to like have a safe space where people can come and get resources that they need, whether it's about autism, LGBTQ resources, like immigrant resources, tutoring, how to make a smudge stick. Um, so all these ideas came to me. I'm like, oh, I really want to do that. So I just Googled how to do it and I just did it. Um, I, that's how you, I that's how you do it. That's how you do it. You just do it. Just yeah, I mean, exactly. So, you know, I did that even with the full-time job at the addiction center of Albany and, and doing other things that, you know, with kneecap and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I've been, um, facilitating and running noteworthy resources since 2017. And this year, uh, 2020 has been absolutely amazing for us. Um, not just, you know, using the scope of Zoom, but also reaching another audience that I've always been connected to, but never thought to combine my personal life with Noteworthy. And that's been the skateboarding community. So, you know, I'm, it's, I'm the type of person that, okay, any idea, let's go for it. Let's do it. It might be a little impulsive, but I've just, been have like the door slammed in my face so many times through college and you know jobs and stuff like that that i'm like i want this to be a revolving door you know or an open door you know people can come in they can come out there's no like commitment or, or like a commitment where they feel stuck or like obligated so it's a free-flowing safe space so finally this actually this month we opened up a space on lark street finally we got our own space so that's kind of like what's going on right now <laughs> awesome that is so wow cool that is you, that is so cool that you opened up a space on lark street also because when this episode drops it will be june 9th like three days before your next skate day on saturday which is cool so um i know you're very involved in the skate in the skate community i'm i've watched i've seen some of your interviews uh we she, uh, tatiana has been interviewed on several of the major news channels and she's had profiles and she runs an awesome like skate uh workshop yep we have one skate park in washington park off of madison avenue and we host a, a skateboarding meetup every second saturday of the month there and i'm um, what we're doing is we're creating a safer space there for all people to come and skateboard that's um, awesome you know not saying that it wasn't safe before but we're trying to make it more inclusive more supportive and then um slip in there a little mental health support uh because the majority of the people that go there all have at least at least anxiety of some sort it, it's pretty some, sure. yeah it's pretty I, crazy that we've gotten to the point where it's just at least anxiety like that's the least of the worries now it's uh, not even just anxiety it's like anxiety is just the bottom of the barrel 
the surface level. Yeah. 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 We talk just, about the surface level a lot. Just by, uh, just by, you know, creating that, that space for people though, is, is, is doing, you know, a, a lot more than you would think, you know, just by creating that connection, you know, some somebody that, you know, may be a little shy and they th took the chance to come out and they made like two or three new friends. I mean, that's huge. Exactly. There's been people that said to me that it took them about 20 minutes to just get out of the car to come to the event or to, and whenever they go to the skate park, it, they need to like prep themselves and build that courage to get out of the car and go. Uh, you know, yeah. Why is that? So let's not, instead of changing the person, let's shift the environment so that person feels more safe and comfortable and supported. I'm not holding anyone's hand. Best thing that anyone can do in a, any space is just to smile and acknowledge. I see you. You know what I mean? That's all. That's all. Just building that sense of belonging. Like, oh, I see you. Cool. Hi. That's it. You don't have to have a conversation. You don't have to teach me anything. And that's also a thing, too, is just because you see someone new that's learning how to skateboard doesn't mean that, you know, you need to t go up to them and give them tips all the time. You know, maybe they need to learn on them themselves because a lot of the um, girls that I work with, they don't want to be. It's like it kind of sounds weird. Like they don't want any help from anyone, let them do it themselves. And I know a lot of the guys offer help, but no one asked for help. So don't automatically assume I need it. You know, one girl was even saying like, if, if a guy came up to me and said my shoe was untied, I would just be like, fuck off. And I'm like, why? She's like, because I just don't like, don't come at me. And it's like, why? Why? What was her experience before to now have this reaction now? And then it's like any react, any response that she gives, we're still vulnerable. Even if you're nice to them, then what is it? An invitation to talk more? Or if you deny them, then it's another invitation to, to match that aggression, to hurt them. This, these are daily conversations that we have. And it's not just women. These are non-binary, queer individuals as well. You know, or even just guys in general, they might also experience that too. Yeah, I, I and, and and you hit upon something really important because I noticed I've watched several of your videos. Um, and sorry, and, <laughs> no. I, well, actually, the the cool thing about it was is that I watched your video of you leaving the Troy Music Hall from a mixer event, and the funny thing was is that I can relate to that because what a lot of people think as opposed to what a lot of people know from personal experience. So like, and Tim can attest to this too, because a lot of people would look at me and when I get up in front of people and play and sing and whatever, it's just kind of comes to me. It's just one of those things that I'm very comfortable doing. However, I'm not comfortable asking for people to let me play a lot of times. And I'm also not comfortable all the time in selling myself. I really, really was like, taken in by what you had said about deciding to go to that event because when you got there you had saw people that you knew and and stuff and i realized how much that actually makes your world a lot smaller than it should be and when you have something like a mental health challenge or an anxiety issue or or something where you feel that you're not as important or not as loved or not as listened to it can really affect just just being able to get out of your own just being able to get out of the little square that you're in to 
even open up your world how does that how does that make those girls feel when they're able to skate on their own without asking for any help i'm sure that's amazing to see like when somebody has that happen without asking for any help they're putting so when people go and do anything that they love they're putting themselves first not anyone else's needs so for an individual to feel confident enough to go on their own without meeting anyone there that means they're alone and they don't need anyone and that doesn't mean that they're lonely there's a difference between lonely and alone they're alone which means they're all set they're good to go they're complete they don't need anyone to fill in a void or to fill a need or to use it as a crutch so when people go places alone that really increases i mean i mean especially at an event or a skate park or whatever that means that they're there for themselves and they might meet people there and, and connect and whatever but having the courage to go alone because a lot of people that i also connect with they feel like they need to have someone with them to walk up and go into the park or they have to meet someone right there in the front they can't just walk in by themselves and it's like why do people feel like that you know what makes them feel like that and you can't say oh who cares why do they even care just go and it's like those feelings are valid no matter what so when i went to that business like networking mixer in troy a couple years ago and this might even feel like depression as well like depression talk like oh you know what like this is my depression talking right now you know what honey you are so cozy right now just stay home you're safe you're cozy you don't need to go out there and then it's going to be cold and then then and then the traffic and then who are you going to see and if you don't know anyone and how, how are you going to get inside do you have to pay oh my god so end it i was just like all right what's my goal here what do i want do I want to go and explore and meet people and, and build my business or I'm going to stay fucking home in my jail and get cooped up and then make that depression own me and take advantage of me and my abilities and capabilities. So yeah, it took me a while to go back and forth with that mentality for a little bit. I was like back and forth, back and forth. I was like, you know what? Go. I don't know whether it was like my spirit guide or someone just pushed me go. And so I went I was a little nervous at first, but it was amazing. It was great to go and not even, I, I don't think I barely talked to anyone, but I did see like someone, people from my high school there, or, you know, like my gym coach was there and a couple of people, I got my headshots taken, like pictures for my business. I would have never gotten the, that experience if I didn't go. I would have never learned about other nonprofits and other businesses and making those connections and what are my options in the community and what resources are available if I didn't go. So yes, I did put myself first and went out there and did it. And there was a lot of great things that happened. So I'm not saying that every time you do go out, you're going to have an amazing experience, but don't let that one like terrible experience affect you from never going out again. You know, try, sure. you know we have to be, have, be hopeful and okay, let's not create so many boundaries like walls around us. Yeah, I think it's, I think it, for me, it, it's, it's a lot of the anxiety that does that, you know, it's, it's the overthinking it's the, well, it's, it's, it's six o'clock now I'm supposed to be there at seven. So by the time I get there, you know, 10 minutes to get in the car, 20 minutes, 
And then I might have to stop for gas. You know what? I might as well not go because I'm going to be late or it's, yeah, it's the constant overthinking and, and coming up with, you know, excuses, I guess you could call them. But uh, ultimately at the end of the day, it's all chalked up the resistance, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that will, that will resistance will, will destroy a life, you know, holding back and not, you know, trying to push through. There's so there's a few individuals that are the most beautiful people in the world. You know, there are so many beautiful people in the world and they let that, those, those inner, uh, the ego and, and the, the mental challenges take advantage of them and create fear and limitations. And then they don't go out and then they get stuck. And then people wonder, oh, they're just lazy or why do they even like, they have every opportunity to go. And it's like, you do not know what's going on in their brain. You cannot, you know, and it's a shame to see these beautiful souls be stuck in that. But it's like, what do you do? You know, you have to speak up for those people and advocate for them and let them know that you're aware of these behaviors. And there are certain signs, like you're showing me warning signs of this, this, and this. I'm concerned. I just want to remind you that I love you and you're supported. If you want to access resources and support, please, like I am at your doorstep. Just reassuring them that they're not alone in this because it is a struggle to go out and do that stuff. Yeah, it is. And especially for someone who has was especially for someone that has a brain that automatically goes to those negative things and and has such low self worth as far as self-esteem goes and it may not even and it may not even be necessarily that they even realize that they have the low self-esteem sometimes trust me it's it's hard to be in your own skin at mm-hmm. times and to be to be naked in front of other people in that proverbial way of like putting yourself out there to go somewhere by yourself it takes a lot of guts it really does and i but i will say this i i've i've ventured out by myself at times and some of those times have been the best times ever because you just don't have anything hold you really don't have anything holding you back except for yourself exactly but that's what i want to kind of get to do you have any tips for our friends out there who really do have a hard time with with that anxiety and those anxiety gremlins talking to them, telling them that they shouldn't go out. Do you have any tips that sure. maybe something that you could pass on to our our friends to say, hey, you know, if you're hearing this, do this. Yeah, I can tell you a bunch of things, <laughs> but it's up to you to acknowledge what's going to work. What is what are you capable? What are your options? Right. It's always good to have options rather than oh, well, I can't do that. I'm not going. So, okay, there's many coping skills that we can use and, and try them to see if they're going to help you, you know, um, whether it's going with a buddy or if you don't feel safe, because a lot of the times the anxiety and the depression and a lot of the other uh, mental health struggles, you know, it's, it's like they come up not to like hurt you. They want to protect you. That's where the intentions of this, those struggles are like the anxiety comes in because its intention is to, to protect this human at all costs. And it's like, you know, I can protect myself on my own. Right. It actually goes to prove, it actually does go to prove that intent is great, but intent always doesn't help. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, So what are some ways I can help you get out? You know, 
make a list pros and cons because a lot of these worries they're actually your imagination they're not real things that are actually gonna happen you're just assuming that it might happen it's not actually going to happen because I'll ask a kid, you know, youth I work with or adults I work with. I'm like, what are you scared about? Oh, about this. I'm like, how do you know that's going to happen? I don't know. I'm like, so why are you letting that worry? Why are you letting that hold you back? I don't know. I'm like, okay, well, let's try this, you know, or see if you can talk to someone. If you can't talk to someone, put on some music, carry some crystals with you. If you're scared that people are going to hurt you, you know, maybe carry pepper spray. I don't know. There can be a variety of things as to why people don't want to go outside. COVID, um, mask up. Wear th- There's one individual that I saw today that, you know, she wants to hang out with people, uh, but, the, you know, COVID's really holding her back and she's just really scared of getting sick or getting someone else sick. And she wore like three, four masks, you know, because one just wasn't enough. And that's okay. If it works, you, she still came out. Wow. You know, she had her distance. The fear is real, but the worrying, it's just like assumptions. So you can even put a list of like, okay, if I go out, then what could happen? I get fresh air. I get some, I get, I might see someone that, you know, I might know, or you might see someone that you don't want to see. And then how are you going to deal with that? What are your options for that? Walk away, try to avoid them. You know, I mean, with the mask, it's a little easier to do that too. <laughs> it's actually a lot easier to do that. Now. I, I kind of like the mask. I like to hide. I don't want anybody seeing my ugly face anyway. <laughs> Listen to a podcast. <laughs> there we go. That's right. Listen to above ground podcast. I think, I think the, the, you know, for most people, I think that, the fear itself, what you're feeling is, is real, but you know, what, what you're thinking that is, is causing that it may not be real. Yeah. So it makes it all too heavy. Why am I doing this to myself? You know, and it's so easy for me to say this stuff, but then when it actually happens. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's like- yeah. It's much easier than, yeah. <laughs> we have this Absolutely. conversation. We have this conversation about once a month, every time, like we get through at least four episodes where we'll have the conversation where Tim and I look at each other and go, we didn't say this was easy. And we didn't say we even did it all the time. We're just saying that this is what we've learned. It just Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you do it all the time. (laughs) And it doesn't mean that you can make yourself do it all the time. Cause there are just times where like, I know I would have been benefited better to go to a specific show, but nobody wanted to go. And I just didn't go by myself. And there's times where I regret that, but I also understand too, that it's hard to get people out of their comfort zones, especially when there's so many variables that come into play. And I, and and for me, like I can make all the lists in the world, but shit, lists don't mean anything if I don't do anything on them. Mm -hmm. That's why it's like, that's why I'm like, eh, you know, you can tell anybody, don't worry about going out, but that doesn't mean they're going to go out. Exactly. I, I give, uh, suggestions all the time to people to help them with a variety of things that they're working on. And I'm suggesting it. I'm not making them do it. I'm not advising them to do it. Um, I suggest it. It's up to them to apply it. So that actually leads me to my next question, because this has come up a couple of times in conversations over the last hundred plus episodes that we suggest things. 
How do you keep yourself motivated to keep wanting to suggest things to people when people don't want to listen? They're worth it. So I'm going to okay. keep saying it until you apply it All or right. until well, we figure out a plan. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, that just shut me the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> like repeat, 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 repeat. It'll get in your head. You'll get better. Like practice, practice, practice. You'll get better. You'll get better. So little baby steps. I'm not saying to jump all in in the deep end, but little bit of steps. And then once they show those little steps, like, oh, yeah, I did this little thing. It wasn't a lot, but I still at least tried it. Praise the shit out of them. Reward system is key. We live off of reward systems. You think our reward systems are fucked? Like that, what? Do you? Well, I mean, obviously. <laughs> well, obviously, because well, because the question, because we obviously we we live off of reward systems, but do you think that our reward systems are misguided? Because again, you can. You I think know, they need to. Can, I think they need to be updated. I think you need to reassess them and update them. At, you know, incrementally, if you will. Okay. You know, because if you're obviously 10 years old, the reward, you know, if you get stuck on that, you, you know, the reward when you were 30 something is going to, you know, you're going to have a tough time, you know, and I think that whole thing plays into, you know, addiction, abuse, whatever you want to call it, you know, that it's the reward, you know? Well, and it's if, always the reward and, and there's no doubt it plays into addiction. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about it because that's what it's all about answering. It's all about quelling that or getting that you know hit of whatever it is that makes you right yes right so there needs to be a constant flow constantly flowing and going with it going with the flow if it's working go with it if you're seeing something that is like the habit is then turning into addiction or you see it and it's not working as it should change it up you should be flexible with change. Change yeah. is good. I, I suppose like, and that's awesome. And I think everybody should like, and unfortunately for me, I hate change. So like I have, I struggle with that. I've been struggling with that ever since I was a small child. I, I've gotten way better as an, as an adult or whatever you want to call an adult. Cause oh, I'm never, yeah, right? it's yeah like, I know I, I, I'm, I'm message. I'm, Air um, quoting. I'm quoting your your uh, video. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw well, your video. I saw your video about talking about adults. All these adults, uh, when I was younger, thought they like they acted like they had their shit together, and then now I'm 32, and I'm like, wait, these motherfuckers don't have their shit together. This is a lie. You just nobody does make me do yeah. whatever. You're I'm not 49 years old now. I'm shit together. And that's, that's the big, you know, going back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, the, the ego part in it. It's like, we think that when we show up somewhere, like people are going to look at us and be like, uh, no, no one, no one is because they're all thinking the same thing you are. No one, yeah. you know what I mean? You're not that important where everyone's going to stop what they're doing and, and watch you walk up. You know, it's just, nope. that's just the way it is. And, and everyone, no one's got it together. You know, and I think that's, that's the big, you know, secret is like, I remember when I was little thinking like my teachers were like, you know, they had their stuff together and their teachers. Now I'm like, you know, not putting teachers down, just, just picking that one out random. But it's like, you know, they're, they're the same. They're human. We're all human. You know what I mean? That's what we just got to be. Like, hey man, we're, you're just human. That's it. Simple as that. Exactly. Uh, just human though. Being a human is pretty cool. Sometimes. 
Right? Yeah, what does that sure. mean? Uh, what is, what's you, a human? It's what, what you human? make of it. That's all. I mean, it's what, <laughs> it's what's a, a human? If, you know, if you if you don't think it's cool, then change it up. If you you know, yep. you, that's all there is to it. That's what I'm saying. It's like got to have some accountability to it. True. Yeah, and I can tell with Tatiana, she's all about the accountability part of it. And I think with other be- kids. Like I am really, I'm not like, um, it's like I'm tough love with a lot of the people that I hang out with. Like today I hung out with, um, my friend who's in her mid twenties and our friend, um, who is just gonna, he's going to be 13 this summer and you know, we're all in it and it, the age is like really nothing, right? We're all humans. We all, you know, want the same things, which is love and respect. All we want to do is just be accepted and hang out and like vibe and and it's just it's just beautiful to just do that with people just feel safe enough to do that and we had no plans we just went with the flow with what the day was do you ever you know for you in your opinion do you ever like feel the weight of that crown because we've talked about holding space like she she's definitely got the holding space thing down and I'm curious to know how you keep your space sacred. Well, that's what I was going to get at after this question. Like, if, you know, basically, you know, that that stuff, doing that stuff, what you do can can drain a person, you know. So do you take time out for, you know, self-care, so to speak, or whatever? Or you just kind of go with it and it, and it works for you? I go with it because what I do feeds my soul. Right? Everything I do at Noteworthy, whether it's the mental health support groups every month, the skateboarding lessons, the skateboarding meeting, like the meetups, just going to the skate park. And, and it can be a little frustrating, right? Because now when I introduce the skateboarding program into Noteworthy, you know, a lot of the people that are just meeting me with the skate at the skate park, they only think that's what we do. And it's not. We do all these workshops and the support groups and the book club and all this stuff. And so now they're learning more about what it is. It's not just skateboarding, but like I'll go to the skate park for myself. And a lot of people just go to that's their remedy. That's what helps them. That's what grounds them. And they get creative with skateboarding. And that's what they use to help de-stress and unwind for the day. That's basically what they do and then they build a community around that and that's the skate community but when i go there you know some um, when i'm going just on my free time that has mixed together my personal life has intertwined with now noteworthy because now i'm seen as oh the nwr lady rather than just tatiana now and it's like today you know, my, my boyfriend, I got, my boyfriend teaches skate lessons. So I went with him. I was like, oh, while he's teaching the skate lesson, I'm going to go skate myself the whole time. And I don't mind this at all, but a lot of people come up to me and they say hello to me. They want to show me their tricks. They want to show me their progress. You know, they just want to vibe. And it's like, oh, I, I barely skated today. Like, that's what I wanted to do. So I kind of get like, upset a little bit but then i'm like no like that i you know that moment that we i had with someone that probably helped them you know but then helping them also helps me too and i'll always have time to skate you know the park's always there so you use basically you use that moment that they you know was their moment you actually use it for yours as well yes and i do set those healthy boundaries too like i'm very 
blunt with things, not in like a bitchy way, but like with sense of humor, I'm like, all right, time for me to go now. You know, I, I, I do set those boundaries with people and, um, you know, no matter what age, you know, whether it's like, you know, the social physical distancing, I'm like, all right, back up. And I like make a joke, you know, stuff like that. Or where's your mask, you know, or I'm just going to go skate or I just have to just go with it, go with the flow, honestly. And that's what I've learned in the last couple years is stop fucking stressing out and just go with the flow. Whatever comes at you, just go with it. Ride that wave. Just go. Like, what else am I going to do? Drown? Be like water. What am I going to do? Yeah, be so like we literally and that's what energy is energy is flow and energy needs flow and if i just stay home and get stuck and it's gonna make me feel like shit and sometimes i do need to veg out on the couch and watch netflix and that's okay and and i have to you know i was talking about this with a colleague of mine before um my parents you know being immigrants in this country and working really really hard to run their business they they really value productivity so whenever i've said in the past and this is now i'm 32 so now i'm like oh shit, i'm realizing this now light bulbs coming out every time i say oh yeah i'm busy i'm always explaining what i'm doing to them like doing you know I'm explaining it to them like, oh, I did this and I did that. Like I'm, I'm checking in with them. Like they're my boss. You know what I mean? I'm letting them know how productive I've been. And they're always like, good, good, good. That's so good. And lately I've been so busy that sometimes I need a freaking break, you know, or I, I forget to eat lunch. I forget to eat breakfast. I forget to, you know, take my vitamins. because I'm go, go, go. And I'm, and then when I talk to them, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm busy. Oh, that's good. And now I've realized, you know what? I tell them, you know what? It's not good. It's not okay. It's okay to not be productive all the time. So I'll constantly, you know, in the restaurant industry, go, go, go. My mom was always like, if you have nothing, if you don't think you, you're doing anything, there's always something to do. So that's why I was, and, you know, my bosses might like that because I've always been on top of my work and always done the work rather than wait till the last minute. But it's like, oh, I need a break sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, and now we it's all, okay. Yeah, we all need a break sometimes. And that, that's why I was really like, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Tim, because I wasn't sure if you were going, which direction you were going in with the last thing. Because I was really curious to know how you keep yourself going. Because yeah, I, crystal, it, it smudging, okay. um, maybe, you know, some melatonin gummies to it literally forces me to roll like lay down and go right into bed it might even need that i'll just take it even though i'm on my laptop with emails i'll eat one and then it'll force me to be like oh i can't do this right now and i will literally slow down you know but then you. i can't be dependent on it so there has to be that balance and that flow you know, so it's not constant. It's not, it doesn't become a habit of go, like, if I'm exhausted, if I'm like too busy, I'm going to take this melatonin. And then the melatonin is like, because that's what people do with drugs when they're having, whether it's anxiety or like something's triggering for them, they will immediately like go to that one thing, whether it is, you know, drinking or whatever. And it's like, that's not going to solve the problem though that's not gonna no. make me feel better it might make me feel even worse yeah yeah that's the cycle that is the cycle man and i and i've i've had a lot of questions about that for myself recently because i i've i definitely have uh issues with um moderation moderation is not my strong suit as i like to say and 
And I definitely can tell at certain times that my moderation is definitely not going to happen because of certain things that I'm feeling or stress and whatnot, just because of not having the necessary healthy coping mechanisms all the time in place. What do you think is, is necessary for us to like, what is one of the biggest things that you've learned from your years of working with others that is it people really just want to be heard? Exactly. Is that what it is? Yeah. And, and not just being heard, but like the pro, like the, the active listening, right? Your body, think about like checking in when someone's talking to you, make sure what's active listening. Well, check in with your body language, check in with your facial expressions, um, reflective listening, like, you know, saying what they said to you back to them. Like, oh, I'm really upset today. Oh, you're upset today. Why? What, what's going on? You know, that makes that reassures them that they are being listened to because even sometimes like I feel so bad. My boyfriend's absolutely amazing. I finally, you know, when you finally find someone that works with you rather than oh, and then walks out or just gets annoyed by some of your you know habits, uh, tendencies of messing up. Um, but he's like, you know, you're, I feel like you're just hearing me. You're not listening to me. And I'm like, wow, thanks for actually telling me that. Cause I wasn't listening to you. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, you just didn't, you just didn't, you're hearing me. So it's, you know, reflective listening, eye contact, actually absorbing it rather than waiting. Like you're thinking of what you're going to say while the person's talking. So you're not even absorbing what they're saying. You just want to yeah. uh, word vomit out to them. That's that's what a lot of people do is you instead of listening to, you know, to listen and learning, we listen to respond, you know, mm. actually, we don't even listen no to respond. Well, yeah. We listen to react and not respond. There's a difference, a big, big difference I learned in therapy. I had no idea the difference between reacting versus responding. And this goes for all ages. So adults that are listening to a child, you better not be on your phone or just wait for them to stop talking. Like any child or youth or adult deserves to be listened to. That's showing love and respect, no matter what, even if they're you know, saying whatever, they, they are extremely intuitive, especially younger people are extremely intuitive and very sensitive beings, not meaning that they're weak, but that they're extremely aware of their surroundings with when it's energy. So a lot of people are empaths where they might feel other people's energy and they take that in as their own emotion and they have no idea why they're why they're feeling that emotion. You, so, not to cut you off, but you just said something that really sparked my my curiosity because I didn't realize that I had those empathic feelings, and I realized it when I was young, but they were really just kind of pushed out. You're just realizing that now, Will? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I never would have. I never would have pictured myself as an empath. And then when I started oh. to realize what empathy was, and and I was like, oh yeah, I guess I really am a fucking empath. But it, but it's it's hard because, like, it, it's so hard 
to I don't even know. Like it's just to distinguish your own versus yes. other people, and then yeah. what do you do to get out of that funk? Well, yes, and and how do you keep your separate? And it, there's so like because you don't want to take in all that energy necessarily when you're listening sure. to somebody and being an active listener. You want to give them the respect of listening to them and being able to relay back to them and 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 be able to be open enough. But how do you keep that from from delving into yourself because you're obviously a, a very good trained empath as far as being like you've put in place some practices for yourself that allows you to to seem to keep your energy pretty flowing boundaries yeah. man well i really really want to thank you so much for like trying to put me on this pedestal so this is a thing this is what someone else also said to me you know oh you're so good at this you're so good at that and i'm like really though you don't realize how i also struggle too and a lot of people struggle in silence just because i'm so active and facilitating and doing this and doing that doesn't mean i'm hurting inside okay and struggling oh it doesn't mean so, you're not it doesn't mean you're not hurting inside or struggling is that what you is that what you mean exactly well okay. yeah i am struggling uh, i do right. struggle yeah, yeah. And, and it and takes like it's like um i have like high functioning anxiety so you couldn't you wouldn't even tell that i'm ex like very anxious or constantly in my head because it looks like you know all the advice and all the things i have in place are really really like it seems good it seems fit i'm oh, like no one is an expert and if they say they're an expert they're bullshit I'm telling you, and like, and majority of those professionals. That's what they're know, an expert at. Is bullshit. Yeah, like, like, we're, you should always like shame on you for saying that you're a professional at something or an expert because that means you're done learning. So, you know, we're constantly learning how to work with diverse groups of people. And what I want to iterate when it comes to empath is to be there rather than be in and involved like involved like seep in don't seep in okay i see what at, you're at getting at have that acknowledgement you're there you are listening and you identify their feelings and you try to separate yourself so you know okay they're feeling that way don't take that on yourself so it's always good to have that awareness and acknowledgement and then move forward so acknowledge those emotions and you can ask yourself, why am I feeling like this? Is it because of this, this, and this? Oh yeah, maybe it is that thing. Okay. And then once you acknowledge and realize it, it, it goes away, you know, so acknowledge it and move through. Um, the major, like the big, big, big thing that I tell people that are empaths is as what Tim mentioned before is setting those boundaries. And what does that look like? Some people might see a boundary as a brick wall. Some people might see a boundary as a sheer curtain or no boundary at all, or like a fence, picket fence. So what do you visualize as a boundary, guys? Oh, I don't know. Tim, when you, Tim, when you, you might want to take that question. Five minutes. Um, I would say, for, well, I guess it depends on what, like, a boundary in general or just like what you know i guess i'm confused like around a specific thing or like 
So remember, us humans, being human, we're extremely visual beings. We like visualization. So when you visualize a boundary, you can think of a sheer curtain or okay, a mesh. Okay. So right. you see what's on the other side. You are acknowledging it. But that sheer curtain is still protecting you. Doesn't mean that you're blocking it off. Because if it's a if it's a brick wall, that means that you're never going to see their side of the story, and they're never going to see your side of the story, and you uh, can't be friends. Right. So you know? right, I I get what you're saying. So basically, like you know, when you're driving down a road and you see the double line, that's yes. basically that's basically it. Like there's a line. Like that's my line. You know, I like, see, you have different visuals and that works for you. That's why right. I can't tell you boundaries are this. It's like, well, what oh, is yeah, the visualization yeah. no, no, look yeah. for you? I mean, you can, you know, as, as, as a greater thing, you know, you can say like boundaries are, are, you know, kind of like things to, you know, I guess you could rule what, you know, boundaries would be, you know, you can, you can define it, but you can't say like what boundaries would work for a specific person. Yeah. So, and, and what does that mean? Setting boundaries, healthy boundaries is protecting yourself. So if you go over that double line, oh, you might right. get in trouble. You might get hurt. So you stay in your lane and you'll feel safe, you know, but then there is the dotted line where you can go in and out and it's okay to go in and out when it's safe. So I do like that visual as well, because a lot of us can, you know, a lot of us drive or have been on a road. Yeah, absolutely. I like that visual of the of the double yellow and the and the broken yellow because that it does it does help kind of say okay, well, you know, you gotta you can't go into that lane, but you know, you can turn into the next lane if you got this if you got the broken up dotted yellow line. And I and I think it's also for you know it's it's as, as Tatiana said, like a healthy boundaries not only for you, but it can also be if. If it's if it's an interpersonal thing, it can be for the other person as well. You know, I mean, you want to have a healthy relationship with somebody that, you know, you setting boundaries is is teaching them how to treat you. You know, so it's yeah. like some people don't don't set a boundary and they let somebody you know walk all over them and then they get mad at that person. And I'm not saying that it's not the per other person's fault, but you know, there there it there's also some accountability to be held for the person letting somebody treat them that way. You know? Yes. You set the tone for how you let others treat you. And that that's why self-esteem, self-worth, self-care, self-love is extremely important. Huge. So that's you it. need to that's respect everything. yourself first for others to then respect you. Because remember, we all feel energy. A lot of us are very sensitive to that, and you can sense when someone has low uh, low self-esteem and, and, and absorbed with negative low energy, you can just sense that. And that also might feed into you, and you might start feeling like shit because of it. Well said. Know? And yeah. but what I want to like say is like, it's okay for you to say no. It's okay for you to not respond to a text right away. That is simple examples of setting a boundary. Perfect. It's okay for you to say, you know, I can't tonight. You know, I said I wanted to, but you know what? I'm not really, uh, you just tell the truth. Just be like, I'm, I can't tonight. And, and that's why I kind of liked about COVID is like, it gave you a little excuse mm -hmm. to stay home, <laughs> you know, so you didn't have to you feel obligated to go places. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because that's actually been for me the most beneficial part of the last year was I actually I was forced to slow down. I was forced to not go play. I was forced to not, 
feel certain things just because it didn't matter if you felt them or not, they weren't going to happen. So it was, and that's okay. Yeah. And it, and it was, and it actually gave me a, a new, actually provided my senses a chance to actually absorb some new thoughts just because I had a chance to get rid of some old shit that I didn't want anymore. Exactly. That's, that's how, yeah, that's how I feel like you, you just have to kind of like maybe quarterly reassess things and, and, you know, make a list, you know, what's working, what's not, you know, what do you want in your life and what you don't want in your life? And then, you know, adjust that list accordingly. That's, you know, it might, this might all sound like, Oh my God, how the hell am I supposed to remember all these things? Right. And that's so, what happens sometimes. The last thing I, I want to say, I, I, I just want to say to everyone, because I'm feeling the need to say it, is that love yourself through it. If you can't do anything else, just please love your show, love and compassion through what you're going through. And you might even picture yourself as a, a little child, right? Look at yourself, you know, imagine your little you're a kid, a little girl or boy or non-binary person, and just a human, a little child, right? You see yourself right next to you and they're hurting and they're going through the things that you're going through right now. What would you say to that little child to help them get through it? Those are the things that you need to say to yourself. I like it. So, And that will also help with your inner child work in general. Yeah, we've been, we're, we've been doing a lot of that. We've been doing a lot of that on this show and in the last uh, 12 months, there's been a lot of talk about inner child. We had an interview with, with uh, Russ Kennedy, who is a, a doctor from Canada, who is the anxiety MD. And he talked all about um, that. The wounded child is the center mm. of where all your anxiety comes from. Mm. And, and he had me actually do an exercise with him on the show. Cause uh, I've been doing a lot of inner child work and uh, you'll hear me talk about Billy who is my inner child? Because that's what I my name used to be before I started calling myself Will as an adult. Fabiana, <laughs> it has been awesome having you on the podcast. Um, yeah, we always we always finish up the podcast with three questions to everyone who comes on, and I'm going to have Tim ask you the first question: Do you have a favorite or a least favorite word? My. <laughs> <laughs> yes you can say that yes you can say that yes <laughs> and you, you won't be the only female that said it either yeah i guess my favorite word is fuck because i say it all the time all right i we, we i don't know i don't know i've never been asked that <laughs> you you're you're in some good company with that because it's i i said that when tim and i actually did our own episodes where we asked each other about ourselves and uh that was my favorite word and i felt I felt I was kind of like, I kind of felt like I was easing it just because the word fuck is so easy to say. But in reality, it's the perfect word because you can so use universal. it as a verb, an adjective. It can be a preposition. It can be it's, anything. In the, it's in timeless. The it's a timeless, timeless classic. <laughs> yep. Do you, have, do you have a least favorite? No. Okay. All right. Fair she's enough. A fan of, she's no, a fan no of language. Is, or oh. no. Or no. I can't. I okay. that's a phrase, but can't or no. All right, fair enough. Like the the blocking. Gotcha. Know. Yeah, I like it. I think can't. All right, fair enough. All right, so the second question is: cat, dog, or other? 
dog. Well, you're looking at me like you. You just said that. Like you just said <laughs> well, that. You like, should you didn't, know, like, Will. Yeah, like I should know. I, it's, I'm sorry. I'm. I know. That's just how I am. That's how I talk to people. It's like, what do you mean? You should already know this. <laughs> well, why dog? Um, because they're just really all they want is love. Honestly, that's all. Obviously, food and shelter, but <laughs> which, which, hey, food is love, right? Yeah, yeah, and is. and that's yeah, and that's also can be very toxic, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Sure. <laughs> what? But here's a question though: What can't be toxic, except for love, maybe? But maybe no, love, love can, can be, be toxic. toxic. Yes, love it can be toxic. Oh, yeah. So, um, like, what can't be toxic? Anything not can be. So right. you know, so water can, can then be. get toxins in it. Plants can then have toxins in it. I was going to say crystals, but they're also not like edible. I mean, if you're thinking of toxic as in, you know, violation or unhealthy, like if you'll die, if you eat it. I'm thinking, I'm thinking more just like unhealthy, not necessarily that you're going to die, but unhealthy because toxic, when we talk about toxic relationships, not all toxic relationships are going to cause you to die. Some, some will obviously yeah. because some toxic relationships are very toxic, but not everything. So sure. I guess, I guess in general, we were just going with the overview of toxic, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> so the final question is, if you could have some, what would you like to see done to mental health as a whole? Or if you could do something for mental health as a whole without any restraint, what would it be? Um I keep I keep thinking of the word and seeing the word in my brain options and I keep saying that a lot tonight. Having options, having the ability to do this or do that, that it's not just one way right. and that can mean a lot of things. So if we as humans who experience mental health challenges and struggles, we should get more options as to only resorting to certain jobs or calling the cops on uh, during a crisis, you know, there needs to be more options when it comes to mental health and normalizing it that majority of humans have it, have struggles more than we think. And there needs to be more options out there. So I'm going by, you know, opening up a space and giving people options of using this space safely to help their well-being and then also advocating for others and giving them options. So I think options can also even, they might even lead to resources. Sure. And, and actually, I was just going to ask you that. Is there a difference between options and resources? Are they one and the same? Because I, I was, it was funny when you said options. Because I was thinking to myself, does she mean resources? I think that's both. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Because I'm, I'm. I think though that there's a time when resources are are very necessary, obviously. But I also think that there's a time when resources can get in the way of options. Do you think like, it's I feel possible like to have too many resources? Yeah, and then some people might think of resources only as a brochure or a book. And who the fuck has time to read that sometimes? So giving someone an option verbally to be like, you can come this day or we can meet this day. Or, um, you know, you can volunteer or you can, you know, get a job. Or if you can't go this way, then you can go that way. I like but at it. least there's some sort of 
a way rather than nothing because we can have there has been resources for the community all the time but it's us give, having that option to see it or to be like oh that applies to me because my parents you know where we lived we lived in new york we lived in upstate new york where we probably have a ton of resources but as immigrants they didn't know what options that they had of getting a manager so that they don't have to work night and day and drain themselves to and, and dig themselves deeper 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 in the hole that they had other options to go or apply those resources into real life so i go yeah it goes hand in hand okay i just want to make sure that we had that had that correct because i because that just what it equated to me when i heard you talking about it i said oh is she talking about her resources because you are definitely like I I'd like just being involved in the kneecap meetings and stuff and and things like I can certainly see that you are one of those types of people that can certainly get shit to people. That's why I was like, that's, that's why that's all we need is, is. Yeah. Do you think it's just really just a matter of just putting yourself out there and saying here it is and you just got to. Or do you think certain people need to have their hands held? It's okay to have your hand held, but okay. don't depend on it. Okay. You know, when you're walking down the street with someone, someone's sure. struggling, hold their hand, but then don't rely on it. That's always going to be there. And then not living your true life be just because you don't have a hand to hold. Wow. I agree. Like it's it. good for like a, like a, it's good for a temporary thing. There has to be a balance. I agree. Wow. I like it. I like it. That's a great way to end. That's awesome. Tatiana, thank you so much for being a part of this. I'm so grateful and appreciative for both of you to allow me to share space with you. Nah, yeah, we like it. You know, we're just uh, like, we're just, we're doing the thing that uh, I, I've said this before in the past. I, I've come through some stuff and learned some things. And I feel that by coming through those mental health challenges and having the, the, the journey that I've had, that I have a mandate on my birth certificate that says I have to help someone. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I, you know, my professional acumen, it's much easier for me to talk to people than it is for me to like, you know, do certain other things, obviously. So that's why we come at it from the peer perspective and not the prospective. I like that. But thank you so much for being here. It's yes, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for everything you do and make sure. So we're ending up here. So please tell everybody how they can find you and tell everyone when your skate Saturdays are, uh, I believe that the second Saturday of every month, um, and your next one will be when this episode comes out. So it'll be June 12th, I think is the Saturday um, in June. So you guys can find uh, the Albany skate meetup. Uh, so tell everybody where, where they can find you and how to get a hold of you. Yeah, our, our website is nwralbany.org. Our Instagram is nwr underscore Albany. We are now having a physical space on Lark Street. That is 247 Lark Street, Albany, New York on the second level. You'll see skateboards in the window. Our mental health support group is every first Wednesday of the month at 630. Hopefully we'll be switching them from virtual. We're going to do some hybrid learning with that. And then our skateboarding uh, meetup, which is called Skate Albany, 
meetup is every second Saturday of the month, 12 to 3 p.m. at the Albany Skate Park in Washington Park off of Madison Avenue in Albany, New York. Wow, that's awesome. And if you want to see, uh, if you go to Noteworthy Resources on YouTube, you can find videos of the skate meetup too and and some of the things that Tatiana, some of her videos and some of the the news clips that she has up on her uh, YouTube channel also. Thank you. Until <laughs> next time, be well. Be safe. Be above. above.